you know, most people experience joy from receiving some something or someone is giving you a compliment or something has to happen for joy to experience. But for me, joy just came from within and needing nothing, needing no one and realizing I have actually everything and it's all within myself. So that was kind of another big breakthrough. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Witchy Wellness Radio, the show you learn where your body and emotions are not in the way they are leading the way. And today we have a beautiful example of that person is she is Sabina Kurtz, and she's here to talk about all things radiant health, returning to wholeness, the combination of detox and fasting and how that relates to shadow work and embodying your own power complete witchy wellness person herself, a little bit more on Sabina as she has been devoted to the path of radiant health since the age of 19 after healing herself from a myriad of health issues with natural methods. This path has not just been her passion, but a lifestyle. And over the past six years, Sabina has fasted on water for only about 300 days, which is amazing, and has guided hundreds through water fast or juice cleanses. She also works with private clients and her mentorship mastery on releasing all the blocks that are in the way of our radiant health and embodied power so that they can experience supreme well-being, wild freedom, and abundance in all areas. All of those things. Sign me up for all of those. That sounds <laughs> wild freedom. Oh, I don't know. That just really resonated. But Sabina, welcome to the show today. I'm so happy to have you. Yes, thank you so much, Lauren, for having me. It is such an honor to be here. And I'm so excited to share, you know, all the things I have encountered. Let's say a, a part of what I've encountered, because otherwise this would be a very long podcast. But I started this healing journey at a relatively young age of 19, mainly because I grew up in Germany on a standard German diet which is lots of bread and butter, lots of potatoes, lots of meat and sausages and sugary drinks. So I was always sick as a child. I had the flu and the cold every month. I would be in bed with fevers, bronchitis, and I was always congested. I always had to walk around with a tissue box wherever I go. And I was, was called a frail child. And uh, when I was 19, I left my parents and I went to Munich, which was the next biggest city. And I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I was committed to learn about it because deep down inside, I knew there must be a way because my mom used to take me to doctors who gave me pills and stuff, but nothing really worked or it was just temporarily getting better. And I knew deep down there's, there must be something else. Yeah, that, that can be it. And then I started to go to bookstores because that was before the internet. <laughs> so I went to different stores and looked in the health and yeah, self-healing section. And I came across one book that really called me, which was about the raw food lifestyle. And somehow beautiful pictures with the fruit and all the colors on the picture. I said, okay, I'm going to try that. <laughs> And I dived right in from, you know, standard German diet to eating fruits and vegetables only and eating raw. And within a short time, I noticed the difference. 
my nose cleared up. I could actually breathe for the first time, you know, breathing without and not constantly blowing my nose. And I felt more energy just in general. My happiness went up and my skin improved. You know, all the things I had was in a short time. I noticed it's like, wow, that is so powerful. And that was the beginning. That made me realize, you know, I actually can heal myself. All these doctors, they couldn't do anything for me. And I just changed my diet and I'm getting better. <laughs> so that was the first moment of true empowerment, you know, knowing that I actually have something, I can heal myself. And that was the beginning. And then I started to go deeper. And a few years later, I came across water fasting. And I was in my mid twenties. I lived in New York City at that time. And I read this book on fasting and it really, really inspired me. So I dived right in, did a 10 day water fast, <laughs> never fasted before. And I just went right in and I was doing it in combination with silent retreat kind of, because I was living in my small apartment in Manhattan and decided to just cut myself off. I'm just staying in my house and just see what, what's going to happen by just being still empty and silent. <laughs> And so the first few days were extremely rough. You know, so much stuff came up, not just uncomfortable sensations in my body, cravings, all kinds of pain. And, but my mind was driving me insane. You know, I feel like I have to, I have to eat. And there were all these messages coming in. This is dangerous. You shouldn't be doing that. And, but I kept with it because I felt this is, this is just a calling. And then after I broke through day five, I suddenly had this huge, you know, almost like people call it Kundalini awakening or just seeing the light. But suddenly, you know, I experienced such deep bliss from within. And I realized I don't need anything nor anyone just to feel joy and peace. This is actually coming naturally from within. So that was a huge turning point in my life. So I went for 10 days and I just felt this incredible oneness, you know, with all with the universe and just trust in myself and the joy I never actually experienced before. You know, most people experience joy from receiving some something or someone is giving you a compliment or something has to happen for joy to experience. But for me, joy just came from within and needing nothing, needing no one and realizing I have actually everything and it's all within myself. So that was kind of another big breakthrough. And then I just kept going deeper, you know, exploring yoga, meditation, breath work, energy healing, shamanic healing, sound healing, you name it. I mean, anything in the in the area of spirituality and natural healing, I I explored. So I became like a full-time student of healing and spirituality. And then it got to a point that was actually another big turning point in my life. Well, I kept getting the messages. People would tell me, well, you know so much. Why can't you become a coach and you know, start helping others? And I was like, no, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a teacher. This is not for me. Because I was an artist at that time. I was a fashion designer first, then a fashion stylist in New York City, working with top models and celebrities. And then I became a filmmaker, making movies. I was always, you know, artistic in, a, in the creative side. And I kind of resisted this. And people kept coming up to me, asking me about health advice, asking me about fasting, asking me about, you know, yoga, meditation. There would always these people show up needing help. 
and I would give them guidance, but I never charged for it. It was just out of my heart. And so the message kept coming, you need to help people. And I was like, no, this is not for me. And then there was another major turning point that, you know, one day I was in a relationship with a man. And one day we had an argument. We were together almost six years and he left. I've never seen this man again. He just walked away from our house, from our life, from everything. And that was brought me in such deep state of pain that even all my spiritual work couldn't help. I was just faced with this deep emotional pain. And then I was, I was already exploring shadow work, but from that moment I was going really deep into shadow work. And I saw, you know, all the pain that I experienced from him leaving, you know, feeling abandoned, feeling very low and worthless. That pain was not about, about of this man leaving. It was actually my own childhood wounds that, even I worked on them already, but I haven't gone deep enough because there are always layers to things. And that stirred up so many layers that I have actually avoided. I have resisted, I have denied. And so with that, there was a huge shift. And then I was really going so deep into this work that I suddenly was able to see my life like a movie. And I see exactly, you know, where did I drop the ball? Where did I miss opportunity? Where did I make huge mistakes? And I saw all the relationships of men that I was with, how the relationship was to my mother and my father and how I have not really dealt with these dynamics of my parents. And then I started to really do some major shamanic healing and energy healing, but really my main medicine was actually being with my pain. So every night when I couldn't sleep, I was out in the, I lived in the forest at that time in upstate New York. So I was out in the forest just feeling my pain and sitting with the pain and letting the pain express itself physically and verbally through making sounds, through shaking my body, moving my body, you know, crying it out. <laughs> so I spent about 10 months going out into the forest on a regular basis, being with my pain. And the more I did that, the easier it became. And the shorter the pain, it was, you know, I would a was able to transmute the pain much faster than at the beginning and the pain would get less and less and less to the point I was thinking of this man leaving me and there was nothing, you know, no, I was neutral. There was no desire, no pain, nothing. It was all gone. And then what happened at that time, I was attracting all these women. They suddenly, you know, people called me. I knew my husband just left. Another friend called me, her boyfriend left. Another friend had a very dysfunctional relationship. So all of a sudden I was attracting people, some I already knew, and some they would just come in my life. They had a really challenging times in relationship. And I listened to them and I could hear exactly, you know, <laughs> where the pain comes from and which medicine to use, you know, as I was guiding these women through their pain. And then I, I realized I have to, I have to start a business because at some point I got busy. I was on the night every night <laughs> on the phone with someone helping them transmute through their pain. So I actually started working with women at first, you know, working through their pain through shadow work. And then, you know, along the line, I combined the cleansing skills and nutrition skills. So I made it like a whole package of healing like from pain, I called it uh, transmute your greatest pain into your greatest power. 
and we address all areas, you know, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, sexual, relational, all areas, because I realized it's all related. You know, it's not enough just to do a cleanse. That is a good beginning and stir up things, but we have to really look at all the areas. So that was kind of in a nutshell, <laughs> what got me to this point where I'm helping women, mostly working with healing their body through cleansing, raw food lifestyle, water fasting, in combination with shadow work, emotional healing, and yeah, also working on purpose and really getting to the core of who we truly are, because it comes down to this, you know, two essential questions. Who am I and why am I here? You know, most people don't contemplate that. So that's another key piece, which has to actually do with, because if you not know who we are, why we're here, it's going to be very difficult to heal because we're not fully authentic. We haven't really found, discovered what is actually within us that wants to birth forth. Hmm. Thank you for sharing. That's, I love hearing people's journey because it's never usually just one thing. It's this breadcrumb of our higher self, our inner being, the intuition that we keep showing up for ourselves a different way. And that momentum starts to grow and grow. Mm -hmm. And then like you said, these women just started coming right to you. Mm -hmm. You weren't, you weren't searching them out. And that's the, I think that's the epitome of any kind of manifestation work is people think you only have to be very high vibrational and focus on these things, which is important. And doing that shadow work, being present with that pain, allowing yourself. And I think the fear is always bigger than the actual pain or whatever we're avoiding feeling is. And two, I think we overcomplicate it a lot too. You know, it, it and it's really just as simple as you said, going out in the, the forest or outside or in your bedroom and just letting your body move and speak and feel and just being honest with how you feel, mm -hmm. um, I think is huge. And, oh my gosh, there's so many things I would love to dive into from what you just said. I think I'll start with the fasting. Mm -hmm. um, of course, my journey started out similar. I started very physically through health and wellness, clearing up my diet. I was vegetarian since I was 15. Then I went vegan, then I went raw food for a while and, you know, cured all these things, anxiety, feeling better, relationship at the fan, just like you, and then really had to do that, the inner work that, but I think it's not just either. Like you said, it's, it's so important to do the shadow work, to become the embodied power that you truly are. And I do think it so helps support when you're feeding your body healthy. And it, for me, from an energetic point of view, I just think of we're like energetic beings, like electric beings. So if, if we're like you said, the standard German diet or the standard American diet, it's not really ample for connectivity or amplifying our energetic field. Like I think of things that are high in mineral salts. Well, that's going to, actually amplify that energy in our field and for me it's just you feel so much better when you feel better it, you you're on the path of wanting to do the the shadow work it's it's this this balance um but I guess for my question is for people who I mean you were eating raw diet vegan before you did the 
water fast, which is mm-hmm. so pretty, very healthy for people listening, very healthy and clean. People who might not be having that clean of a diet right now, mm-hmm. what are some things that, you know, maybe they want to do to support their bodies as they start to transition and maybe eventually doing something like a water cleanse. But I know from my, my experience going from a processed diet to really hard cleansing, I did the, um, Oh my gosh. What is that cleanse with water? Cayenne pepper. Master cleanse. Master cleanse. Master cleanse. Thank you. Yeah. My, my, cayenne pepper and uh, maple syrup. Yeah. yeah. I did that. I was vegetarian at the time, but a lot of processed food and I went straight into it and my body just heavy detox symptoms. Um, so what, what are, what's some process like from a physical point of view that we can start to work our way there. And then I guess tying, tying that into the emotional shadow work too. Yeah, that's a great question. And you so important because, you know, water fasting, you will see it's kind of the marathon. (laughs) That's where really, you know, deep healing takes place, but it takes some time to prepare for that. So someone who's actually not in the cleanest diet, let's say you're eating processed food or lots of cooked food to go into a water fast, that is a shock to your system because we're going from one extreme to the other. So ideally you want to transition into the water fast. So one way to transition would be, a, as I mentioned, a raw food diet, or at least you start 80-20. Maybe you start the best fruit is actually for clean the best food for cleansing is actually high water content fruits such as watermelon it's an amazing cleanser you know you go to eat a lot of high water content food and then the evening is salad and if you feel you need cooked food maybe some steamed veggie or steamed meal but ideally you want to move towards more like an 80 20 diet and then at some point maybe to 100 percent raw and then, you know, once you're there, you can either do juice, juice cleansing that will, you know, prepare you to just be on a lighter frequency and be in a liquidarian diet. And if you can do a juice cleanse, then you're ready for the next step, which is the water fast. So ideally, you want to train yourself a little bit for the marathon of water fasting. But there's nothing more powerful. You know, I've seen people heal from stage four cancer with uh, water fasting. But this requires a longer process of like 40 days or something like that. You know, anything that's more intense, what you're facing, the deeper you have to go and the longer. But I've also healed from Lyme disease with a water fast and I just did five days. So that's possible. And I also healed a knee injury just with three days. So there's a lot, you know, possibility of deep healing with water fast. But if you're not ready yet, then slowly prepare yourself, like transitioning, prepare your body for it. Because the lighter frequency you're on, the easier it will be. Because otherwise, because your body will go into detox reaction. If you go from a cooked food to this, it will be heavy detox. You know, all kinds of stuff, nausea, pain, like complete weakness. And most people then give up and they say, it's too hard. I can't do it. That's why it's so much smarter to prepare yourself, get your system as clean as possible, and then go into a water fast. Beautiful. And then I think, I mean, it goes without saying, but also after, like coming out of the water fast, you know, easing yourself, I'm sure back into eating or juicing probably first, but, you know, not just going straight back. Because I think 
you know, society has taught us the diet culture, right? And, and detoxing is way different than than what, what you're talking about here. It's more of a lifestyle and holistic healing versus, you know, a quick fix or do this for this many days and then go back, go back to the normal way things were going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to do a, a water fast and go back to the old ways, you haven't really achieved much. Because the goal is actually to see, you know, what can I eliminate? Maybe there's something, you know, it's not good for you. It doesn't work well for you or something you eat doesn't make you feel good. Maybe it's time to let go of that or at least have less of that. You know, so I always, when I work with people, I recommend after every cleanse you do, you know, reflect, you know, what, what doesn't serve me so much anymore? Because what happens, your palate will change. If you're on three days water or even more than that, the cravings will be less. And certain things that are calling you before are not so attractive anymore. And if you do a regular cleansing, you will notice things just fall away. It's just not attractive as it used to be. And then also making conscious choices, you know, every time I'm cleansing, I let go of something. And slowly, slowly you move more towards, you know, having a diet that's as much as possible plant-based on coming from mother nature. You know, you, you mentioned something before, we're electrical beings. Yes, and we need electrical food. And which food is electrical? Mostly the food that's exposed to sunlight because, you know, any fruit is exposed to sunlight. So when you're eating fruit, you're eating sunlight, actually. And it has a living structured water. It's a much more potent water than you find in any bottle. So you get the best hydration, the most sunlight, the most electricity for your body. It's like the best, when you see your cells are like batteries, you get the best battery charge. So ideally, if you want more energy, you know, more vibrancy, better digestion, you want to feed yourself with electrical food. Always think what is exposed to sunlight. And this is, this is our food that gives us the most vibrancy. I mean, it just makes sense when you think about it. And a piece of bread, you know, it's not even real food. It was created by man. <laughs> so it's a product, but it's no longer true food. So the best, the most vibrant diet is the one that is provided by mother nature, exposed to sunlight. And ideally as grown as, you know, wild grown or at least organic or biodynamic. Always think, you know, what is the purest food you can get? And if you truly love your body, you will see your body like a temple, you know? And I only choose to put the purest that I find in my temple. But it's always a choice, you know? It's, it's really, you know, looking what, it, what is important to you. Like I value purity, so I make sure I get the purest for my temple. So you want to look, what are you valuing? I also value beauty, so I pick foods that is colorful. You know, I went to the market and I bought all these amazing grapes in purple, some are blue, they had, they have some greens, they had all these beautiful different tones of purples. So just looking at that and they look so beautiful. So we actually eat also visually because we start and we see food we look through, uh, you know, we, we see it first. Yeah, that's where it starts. And what looks more beautiful, a bowl of fruits or a bread with butter <laughs> or a bread and sausage. Yeah. So for me, beauty is important, beauty and purity. But it's always what do you value? You know, you want to ask yourself, what, what do I value? Yes, I totally agree. And I found through my own healing journey, 
and talking with people who are either trying to heal their bodies or more have gone through the, the spiritual route first versus the physical route. It's it the intention in which, like, I think that's what you just described, going for the purity and the beauty to to really love your temple. And a lot of people, I, I think I heard this from Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, people like manufacture this organic fear, you know, like the, the, this anxiety or this obsession with what's the next superfood that's going to heal me. What's, what's the most, you know, it's like this, um, this lack mindset when it comes to trying to control. Um, Mm -hmm. but when we approach our food, this is my belief, you know, it doesn't matter how much kale or fruit or whatever you eat, if we are still not doing the integration work, doing the shadow work, I don't believe that it's really one, you can't digest it. Cause if you're in fight or flight, your body can't absorb all those beautiful nutrients and energy you, but you're not going to be able to, to fully integrate and, and to heal and to, to reap the benefits. And I think there's a difference from what you're saying. And I even know there's a term um, called orthorexia, which is like classified as its own eating disorder of basically like this um anxiety and fear of the all the foods have to be as healthiest as it can be and that's actually been part of my journey is healing that inner shadow that came up for me it was like oh my gosh is this you know having to be vegan and gluten-free it wasn't raw all the time but it was like this obsession and it 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 turned me it turned the energy that was already inside of me it was this beautiful mirror for me you know, people get mirrored their shadows through relationships, but everything is a mirror from what's going on inside of you. You know, how can you approach this from love of of taking care of your divine temple, like you were saying, versus the fear of um, if my if this grape I'm not eating is not like, you know, hundred percent organic biodynamic, like oh my gosh, it's 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 just going to kill me, or you know, that's a that's kind of absurd. But some people are at that point. Yeah, you made a great point because at the end, it's a self-love journey more than anything. And I see people getting stuck on detoxing and they're very rigid in their mind. It's all fear-based. You know, I got to detox. I have to lose weight and it's all that. It's, you know, it's pressure and it's it's fear-based and that shuts down your nervous system, you know, which is connected to all the other systems in your body. So fear, you know, it's at the end, it's you want to see this not as, Instead of looking at, I have to detox. I mean, I call it purification. I'm purifying my temple that I love. And instead of losing weight, it's about letting go. What are you choosing to let go? You know, instead of getting so fixed on fear-based. So we always want to look, which where do I come from? Because at the end, it's all perspective and it's all energy. But when you do something from a place of fear, and needing to do it and becoming kind of obsessed and controlling, that actually shuts down your system. And we want to always be in a flow state where things are flowing. So it comes from a place of love and joy and you know, being excited about having a passion for something. Yeah. So it's very key because you know, the main thing is the body heals itself. That's something we don't learn in school and not be taught by our parents. But the body can only heal itself when we choose to let go of, you know, putting more stuff in that causes obstruction. When we choose to let go of all these emotional stuff we're holding in our system, 
because we all hold unresolved emotional issues. We hold childhood trauma that is all stored in our temple. You know, so the whole process is actually healing is about letting go. It's about releasing and returning to wholeness because we came here whole, perfect and complete just along the way. You know, we have accumulated waste in our body. We have accumulated toxicity. We have emotional issues that's stored in the body, in the cells, in the tissues. We have all limiting beliefs, you know, mental constructs that you cannot see, but they're still there. <laughs> so all that, you know, causes it causes constriction and contraction. So it's about opening up the flow again. And it only happens from a place of love by you know loving yourself and choosing to release, choosing to let go, choosing to let flow, let things flow again. Mm, oh, it's, yes. it's, it's a love journey more than anything. It is. It's yeah. A love, the, the greatest love story of all is the one really that you have with yourself and I know how cheesy that is but it's true it's and I think you know we come here in this body at this specific time with that family we it, we I believe we really planned it as much as we could to be at that energetic starting point for maybe where we left off before or for like really getting us set up to learn something that we intentionally want to learn and that can be through your body and through your health. So I think a, a, a huge point for me in my healing journey is to become that sovereign person, that sovereign being versus the victim. Yes, there there's chemicals and plastics and toxins and all that stuff. And I, I do my best to, you know, avoid them and support my body. And this opportunity for me to do that deep shadow work, to heal, to transmute, to alchemize that energy with love is why I'm really here. And I think that I just needed to kind of continue that and you come approaching it from fear or from love is, is really at the end of the day, it, it, you could go through life just, am I in fear? Am I in love? Am I constricting or am I in the flow? And I actually have alarms on my phone to remind myself throughout the day. It's like, okay, how am I feeling right now? All right, connect to the like universal, okay, okay, good, we're good. And the flow, even right now, just talking to you, I just was able to uh, allow my energy centers, my chakras just to open up and flow a little bit, and, you know, not be so tight. And I think that's building that awareness through the body. And I know that a lot of the women that listen to the show and who I work with are really interested in learning how to work with their chakras, having, you know, the Kundalini experience. And I found through my work, the cleaner I eat, uh, the easier that that energy activation, that Kundalini has come to me. Um, I, it, I, I know it's no coincidence because it's, you know, using that with breath work and meditation, you know, breath, prana, and yoga is a life force itself. So whether it's through our breath or food, we are literally amplifying the energy in our body. So how the work that you do from somebody who, you know, maybe some, some deep shadow work, but really is interested on working with their kudalini, their, their, you know, self-healing energy, how, does the work that you do, how do you, how would you approach that? Or what, what's, what are some things that they can maybe dive into? Yeah. So first of all, it's a very good question. You mentioned that. So first of all, 
uh, it's essential to realize that we all have childhood wounds. We all have some kind of emotional, no matter how your beautiful your childhood was, we all somehow wounded and these wounds are actually necessary for, because our soul came here to evolve and to grow and to open. So, you know, the shadow is really about when, for example, someone triggers you, it's actually not the person that triggers you. Not a situation, it's actually your childhood wound is being activated in the present moment through the trigger. What that person just said or what just happened, it just activated the wound and then we have the opportunity to actually look at it. Okay, why do I get triggered? What is it that you know makes me react in such a way? And then to look, where did I feel like this before? And it mostly happened in the first seven years. So what happened usually comes from your mother and your father, sometimes siblings, or it could be certain teachers, but it's mostly mother and father. And then look, you know, where did I feel like this before? Where was I in a similar situation? Where did I react similarly because if you get angry to to something that happened it is your anger it is not what that person said or did nor the situation it's your anger because if you don't have any anger there's no reaction it's impossible so always this is actually a blessing when you get angry okay here comes an opportunity for healing okay why do i get angry where did i get angry before and then once you become aware, you know, where this happened before, then you can actually are more aware of it. So next time you get angry again, you say, okay, here again, is this the situation with my dad that happened when I was seven? It's getting activated again. But this time I'm choosing not to react and not getting angry by doing either some deep breathing. Ideally, you want to remove yourself from the situation, go in a separate room and just breathe and center yourself until you get very grounded and see, okay, here again, you know, the situation, my father came up again. And now going back in the situation, I'm choosing differently. This time I'm responding from a place of love, from a place of kindness, from a place of, you know, accepting I'm going through my healing process. And that takes time. You know, it's not something you can quickly do, but the more you are aware when you get triggered, that is your stuff. It's not the other person. <laughs> The more we work on ourselves, you know, other people will not so much trigger us anymore. Or, you know, what happens also that you are somehow more, just be more in control. Okay, I'm getting triggered. You feel the anger coming up, but you're choosing not to react. And that's really where the, you know, the healing comes in, choosing not to react. And that's how you interrupt these patterns. And over time, they become less. And you're more, you, you can regulate your emotions, you know, easier and easier. So that's really, you know, a key thing, the, the triggers, because they are our treasures. They teach us something about ourselves. And breath work is really a powerful tool because when you get angry, you just have to breathe. You breathe, <laughs> you ground, it's grounding and breathing. That gets you back in the present moment. Because the anger is just, you know, an idea in your mind, you know, that's from, from your childhood wound, but it's not really happening. And by by breathing, we actually get back to the present moment. No, we are okay. You know, we don't have to get angry right now. And choosing to act from a place of kindness. That's how we, you know, feed these kindness muscles and the love muscles, loving yourself. Because when you get angry, you're hurting yourself. So self-love would be choosing not to be angry, choosing to breathe. 
and breathe until you feel I'm grounded, I'm centered again, and now I can respond. And your life will shift from there because you no longer live in reactionary mode. You know, you're living at choice. And that is the key for life. We, we choose, we create our life by the choices we make in every moment. So always, you know, remember, what am I choosing today? Am I choosing to feed my old wounds and feed the anger and keep strengthening it? Or am I choosing to be kind and breathe and anchor myself and choosing love? Even it might feel a little, you know, difficult to do, but I'm choosing love because I'm choosing to love my body. I'm not choosing to feed these toxic emotions because anger is very toxic and even more toxic is shame and guilt. So whenever we feed these emotions, we actually, you know, we're hurting ourselves, even you can't see it. And then you do the cleanse, you want to detoxify, but you're feeding shame and guilt and anger. So you're actually going against what your objective is. That's why it's it's really the emotional, you know, the emotional um, foundation is really key. You know, loving yourself through this journey and knowing when it gets uncomfortable, you keep loving yourself because that's part of the healing journey. You can't heal by being comfortable. It's about getting uncomfortable and moving through the pain because the only way out of pain is actually in and through. Yes, I'm over here. If you guys aren't watching video, nodding my head going, yes, yes, yes. And it, and I want to clarify, because I know, and you can add on to this, this yeah. is not when the guilt and the shame and the fear and the anger come up. It's not about brushing them away. It's truly what, what you, you just said of the only way through it, or only way through is in and through and feeling the emotions. And when they bubble up, you can feel the triggers and choose not to feed them. But it's 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 not about spiritual bypassing, which I think a lot of people, myself included, had confusion with at first is, you know, the balance of feeling the emotion that's coming up. And then when that trigger happens again, doing the inner work to to transmute it in the moment is not suppressing. It's not press you know sweeping under the rug it's it's truly being present but also choosing who you want to be so I guess Sabina do you have anything kind of to add to that yes you made a very important point yes it's not about you know just sweeping under the rug because at some point the rug gets so full and so sticky so we never want to avoid anything it's rather you meet yourself with your anger you know like for example someone triggers you get very angry and you tell the person, I need a minute, I need to, and I need, I need to go to the other room. And then you breathe, even you feel you're burning from anger, you feel like you have to defend yourself or whatever. In that moment, you, you acknowledge, okay, I'm angry. This is my childhood wound coming up related to my father or mother or whatever happened. And with my anger, I'm choosing to love myself, even it might be difficult, because I know this is my anger. And I choose to love myself with the anger. Because love is an alchemical elixir. It's, it transmutes all things, you know, it transmutes heavy emotions into lighter ones. So you're starting by accepting, okay, this is my anger. I'm owning this. I'm responsible for this. It's not the person, it's me. You know, that's, and it takes, it takes something, you know, it takes courage to really own something and to be 100% responsible for your life. 
And then choosing to love yourself with the anger, with the guilt, with the shame. That's how anger will have less power over you. It starts to dissolve the more love you put into, into you. And being you know, kind with yourself and gentle. I'm healing. It's okay that I have still anger coming up because we all have anger coming up, you know? And meet yourself there. You want to meet yourself with the anger and then bring love to it. Love yourself with the anger and breathe through that anger. And if you do that, it will get less, guaranteed. I've done this over and over again, and I've seen it. So it's really, you know, it's the most important thing is awareness. So when the anger comes in, most people are not even aware. It's just an autopilot reaction. But then the key is being aware. Okay, here's again my anger. And then ideally go to a different space, breathe. And when you feel more grounded, you really, you know, you add the potion of big love, loving yourself through this process. And then over time, we'll get less. When you practice this long enough, consistently, that's the key. You know, it's the, it's the consistency. It's not something you do once in a while. Like ideally, you want to catch yourself more and more when you, every time you go into some negative emotion, whether it's anger, whether it's fear or grief or sadness or shame, that is a sign, you know, you, it's your guidance system. Say, so, okay, here's a sign again. Now I need, I have to love myself. That's where love comes in. That's how you raise, you know, the frequency by meeting yourself in love instead of avoiding it, denying. And what happened, most people, they, you know, have some uncomfortable emotions. They go to food or drinks, smoking pot, whatever it is, you know, going to social media. This is a form of escapism because most people cannot face their emotions. And that's why fasting and cleansing is such a powerful tool because the emotions will come up. And then you have actually the opportunity when you fast, ideally you want to be resting and still. And then you have the opportunity to look, okay, where does that come from? And do the deep work, looking in your childhood, going deep. And then, you know, accepting this happened and loving yourself through this, no matter how uncomfortable it is, you know. So it's a process of alchemy, spiritual alchemy. And love is really the only medicine that really heals all these emotions. Mm, so 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 beautiful and I, with that I feel like that's a beautiful closing note for today was there anything else you wanted to share before we or you feel called to talk about before we start to close the show Sabina well the, it's just one one thing is the main important thing besides love is actually knowing it is possible for you because we tend to look at others what others do and compare and but there's no comparing. It starts first knowing this is possible for me. And everyone has an individual journey. There's no one you know, to compare with. We all came here with our unique wounding, with our unique challenges and our unique gifts. So comparing yourself does not make sense. So it's about really discovering who you truly are you know, and going deep into your unique journey and honoring every step of it. Because there are steps to it that comes in layers and steps. So it's about honoring when wherever you are is always perfect. <laughs> There's no such thing as needing to be somewhere else. It's happening. Life is happening right here, right now in the present moment. Hmm. That has been my own intention this week of how can I be more present? Because life is here right now. And that's where my the peace is. That's where happiness is. That's where love is just here right now 
So thank you for that beautiful reminder and your beautiful energy and spirit and wisdom today, Sabina. I would love to ask you, us as the listeners, how can we be of service and the huge act of gratitude for you today? How can we be of service for you? Oh, thank you so much for this question. First of all, I'm very thankful to be here today. Thank you, Lauren, for giving me the opportunity to, to speak. And thank you for everyone who is listening in. So I have a gift, which is a, a detox guide. So if you're interested in cleansing, your, purifying your temple, let's call it like this. <laughs> if you're interested in purifying your temple, I have a detox guide that you know shares how to transition into a cleanse and how to prepare yourself most effectively. And that is my free gift, which is available on my site, which is sabina360.com. So it's sabina, S-A-B-I-N-A, 360.com. And that is a site for everything. My website is there, my social media is there, and the free gift is there. And if you wanna know more, I offer a cleanse every month in a group setting, which is online. And it's by donation, so anyone can join. And we had people from all, from five different continents, pretty much all over the world join already. So that is available every month if you want to go deeper. But I invite you to explore the detox guide and see what's possible. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Sabina, for coming on here and sharing your story and radiating that beautiful, loving healing energy out to the world. That's why I started this show is to have people on like you to show people that it's possible for you to just be present in your own body to whatever's coming up, your own healing journey and learn to alchemize that. And that always, it ends up being so much better than you could have expected and leads you on your own path of how you want to bring your own light into this world. So thank you so much and if you guys haven't subscribed already please hit subscribe and if you're on youtube please hit the like button turn on the notifications and also if you're listening on a podcast platform it would be so much to me if you could write a review reviews are like golden beautiful balls of light in the podcast world to help radiate radiate this energy this message out into the entire world Thank you so much, Sabina, for coming on today. It was such an honor to hold this space with you. Oh, thank you, Lauren. The honor is mine. It's been such a joy to share sacred presence with you. Yes.